So the series of dreams I'm about to share have to do with the fall of America and the things that are actually bringing about that transition of this nation, as well as the change and fall of the current model of church that we practice from a business model to a family model. In 2019, it was about two weeks before COVID happened and all the shutdown took place. And it was on a Friday morning and I was doing my normal prayer and worship with the Lord. And all of a sudden his presence falls on me. And when his presence falls on me, I begin weeping and this prayer comes out of me. And the prayer that came out of me was, Lord, do not turn your face from your people because we have a reason to mourn. Our children are perishing before they can even take a breath. And I say this to him, and then I follow it up with Isaiah, a verse from Isaiah where it says, bring forth the wailing women, the women verse in mourn, that maybe our eyes will begin to run with tears. I pray this, and after I pray it, I just continue weeping under the presence of the Lord for a while, weeping over a, a loss. And for three days, this happens to me. So it happens to me Friday morning. It happens to me Saturday morning. Same prayer comes out. And the presence of the Lord hits me, I begin weeping. And then Sunday, I wake up, it's about 6 a.m. And when I wake up at 6 a.m., my wife is waking me up, actually. And she looks at me, she says, Travis, my sister just lost her baby. She had a miscarriage. And as soon as she says that, the presence of the Lord hits me, I begin weeping. And the same prayer comes out of me. Father, don't turn your face away from your people. Turn your face toward us because we have a reason to mourn. Our children are perishing before they can even take a breath. And then I quote that same verse from Isaiah again, bring forth the wailing women, the women versed in mourning, that maybe our eyes will begin to run with tears. But this time after I say it, the Spirit of the Lord speaks back to me, says, I will not be seen as a man who stands in silence. I will shake everything that's been built by the hands of men. My bride is not Baptist, Lutheran, Pentecostal, or any other denomination. She is one body with me. And he says that. He repeats that twice. After he says that twice, he then follows that up with, platform ministry is dead. The business of church is over. I am building a family. He then brings back to my memory, he reminds me of the dreams I had in 2010. And when he shook the other side of the earth in one of the dreams, and was making it known that that was about to happen. Then the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me and tells me that over the next 10 years, I'll see the major events begin to take place that he had shown me in my dreams. After that, two weeks later, the Lord shakes the other side of the earth and the nations completely shut down. So the first dream that he gave me was about the church. And in this dream, it starts out, and I'm before this beautiful building. I mean, it was kind of like, Catholic style, castle style, like it was just this big, well-built out of stone structure that had stained glass windows, beautiful in different colors. And these two elders are standing outside of it and they're just boasting in its beauty. They're boasting in its strength. And they're so confident as they're speaking. And they, it comes out of their mouth, nothing can ever tear down what we have built. And they're so full of pride and as they're speaking it, I look to the side and I see on the other side of the earth, the Lord's hand comes down and he shakes the earth. And these guys are so full of pride about what they built that they didn't see what God had just done in the earth. And I see this massive wave coming and it's heading straight for this building that they said could never be torn down. And I'm terrified because it's like, 
the ground is rolling like a tsunami. It's the earth and dirt is rolling across the earth like a tsunami, and it's going to just completely destroy this building. And while I'm standing by the building, I see this hole in the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, I need to get away from this building or get underground or something. So I jump into this hole in the ground. When I jump into the hole, there was nothing but demons under this building. And so I'm like, no. And I jump out of <laughs> the hole in the ground. <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure out how can I get a, as far away from this place as I can. And so what I do is I find the first vehicle I can. I just start driving across America to try to get to the other side away from this place. And I wake up from that dream. So after that encounter with the Lord and him reminding me of that dream, I began to go to the Lord and just ask him, you know, what, what is this season? What is this time that we're in? And he spoke to me and said, it's a season to tear down, but it's also a season to build. And so as we're seeing the church that we know being torn down and society around us as we know being torn down, there's an opportunity to build with the Lord. And he's going to begin to speak to his people and speak to those who will listen how to build a family in this hour. After he speaks that to me, he begins to warn me about the, the spirit of lust that's moving over this nation in violence and that we're going to see, that I would see, many people begin to choose the things of this world over him. Uh, even el a lot of elders in churches uh, around America are going to begin to operate in lust, and it's going to be exposed, and violence, and it's going to be exposed. And so after he warns me of these things, for the next three months, every day, his spirit would fall on me, and I would begin sobbing these deep sobs of loss and mourning. And as it was happening, I knew I was mourning a great loss, and it encompassed several different things. It was loss of life. It was spiritual loss of people turning away from God. It was loss of peace. So for three months, this is taking place. This mourning is taking place. At the end of those three months, I didn't know that my wife and I would actually suffer our first miscarriage. She had been pregnant for that duration of time. And then at the end of it, we actually lost our own baby. And so those words that I had been praying prior, Lord, turn your face toward us. We have a reason to mourn. Our children are perishing before they can even take a breath. It, I experienced that loss. And it was something that my wife and I and my children grieved over. And in the midst of all that mourning, I knew that hearts were growing hard, that there was a hardness of heart taking place in the earth. And God's desire was for the softening of hearts, for a value of life to be given while lives were being devalued. And so it was a really touching moment for my family and I because I saw my family, as I knew this hardness of heart was taking place, I saw my children weep over the child that they never knew, over the sibling that they never knew. And so we named this baby that we never got to see, Jeremiah. And the reason for that was because every time the Lord would give me a dream, he would actually use the book of Jeremiah to interpret the dream. So that initial shaking is taking place, but that wave of destruction that I saw has not hit yet. We're just now starting to feel the shaking, but that wave of destruction, I'll be very clear, has not hit yet. But before I jump into the next dream, I actually want to share another dream that I had that just revolves around the value of family. And I had this really cool encounter one night, and 
the Lord was actually showing me this box of jewelry. It was five rings inside this case. And so in this moment, I was seeing the glory of the Lord. I was seeing the hands of God holding this case. And I was just looking at the the rings inside of it. And as I was looking at them, the craftsmanship and the intent of the craftsmanship told the story that those rings were revealing. So the glory of God that I was seeing in it, they were actually telling of that glory in the way that they were crafted, if that makes sense. So it'd, it'd be like reading a book. The craftsmanship of the, <laughs> the rings and looking at it was like reading a book. It was telling a story of the glory of God. And so as he's holding it, he's boasting in the beauty and the craftsmanship of it. And he begins to boast in the day that he's actually going to put these rings on a friend of mine's hands. And in the dream, I knew what the rings meant. I knew everything about them. And I wake up from that dream, and I, I remember everything about the dream except what the rings actually meant. I can't remember the story that I saw in that glory. And so I tell my friend about it, and <laughs> he's like, I need you to figure out what those rings meant. So for several weeks, I'm praying and asking God, tell me what those rings meant. And after several weeks, I go to sleep, and in this dream I have, I'm immediately in the presence of God looking into his glory. I'm looking into the light of his glory. And as I'm looking at it, this question comes from my heart. I say, God, what is this glory that you're showing me? And as I say this, my friend is revealed in his glory. And I see how God had actually joined him to himself in the way that he lived his life for God. And so as I'm seeing him, I'm seeing how he's dressed and the garments that he has, and it's telling that story again. And so as I'm seeing him, I'm saying, God, what is this glory that's coming from him? And all of a sudden I see his children, and it was from generation to generation and glory to glory. And he speaks to me after I see that, and he says, in the same way that the kings of the earth adorn themselves with silver and gold, so too will your children adorn you as in, in the age to come. And so I wake up from that dream, that encounter, and I knew that those rings represented his children. They actually told the story of his generations after him and the children that he would have. So there's a, a value, an eternal value that cannot be found in the world. It's it's greater than any riches or treasures you can find in the world that that the world has no grid for. The the world treats its children and its families like they're burdens, something to be cast away. But God wants to connect our hearts, the hearts of his people, back to the value of building and establishing a family. So the next dream I have after that one uh, it starts off the beginning of the dream. It's me and my family and we're we're in this place that's kind of like a hotel, and I know that our role is to accommodate and entertain a foreign family while they're visiting the United States. And we're Christian. I'm aware that like, that's part of my role. I'm supposed to rep be a representative of God as they're here. And they're a Middle Eastern family, and while they're in America, it's a, it's a father visiting with his two sons and one daughter. And after they were there for just a short period of time, the father and the youngest son, they go back home over to the Middle East. And the oldest son and the daughter stay. But shortly after the father's left, I hear that the youngest son is killed while he go, after he goes back home. And the dad is actually blaming me for the loss of his son. 
And at first I start to get angry in the dream. I'm like, why is he blaming me? And I start walking over to the brother and the sister. And as I'm walking over to them, the Lord speaks to me and says, show them the heart of the Father. And immediately I just begin to weep for them because of the loss that they just experienced and for what they're going through. And I ask them, I said, do you guys, do you know Jesus? And they begin to argue with each other after I ask them that. And they're speaking in their own language, so I don't really know what they're saying, but I know they're arguing about what I had just asked them. And then after a few moments of them arguing, the daughter holds up this picture in front of me. And when I look at it, the picture was actually the face of Jesus. And all of a sudden I'm staring into the face of Jesus and his eyes were like amber and they were burning like two coals in the midst of a fire. And the expression on his face was this expression of love and kindness that you could never see if it was coming from a loved one or a parent in this earth. It was so much greater. But at the same time, there was a fierceness and a desire in his expression. It said, I will remove everything that stands between me and you. I will remove everything that hinders love. And it was that fierceness that actually completed the fullness of the expression of his love. And as I'm looking into his face, I get transported over to the Middle East. And as soon as I appear there, there's these three women in front of me. And they're completely clothed, completely covered from head to toe. They have the head wraps on and everything, but they're completely naked. Their clothes aren't covering them. I can see <laughs> them as if they're not even wearing clothes. And as, I, as I'm looking at them, I think to myself, are these women prostitutes? And as I think this, they go, uh, they go to a man's door and knock on it, and a man opens the door and lets them in. And after this happens, I get taken to another place. And when I get taken to this other place, there's people being murdered in the streets. People are being dragged from their homes and slain. And there's nothing being done to these people that's considered inhumane. And as I look around, I realize that all the people that are watching this want them dead and they're cheering as they see these things happening to them. And they're taking their bodies and just discarding them in the dumpsters. And they're just taking massive loads of bodies to landfills and dumping them as if they're trash. And so as I'm seeing this, I get taken and I, I witness the little boy's death that was at the place that I was supposed to be taking care of him and his family. And I see him murdered and cast into a dumpster. I'm going to leave out some of the details just because it was incredibly gruesome. And I realize as this is happening that these people are being killed because of their belief in God. And once I realize that, I get taken back to that table with the daughter and the brother. And the brother looks at me and says, this is the end times. And I wake up. So I open up my Bible and I go to Jeremiah 13 and God speaks to me about removing the skirts from their faces because of their sin. And so with prostitutes, they would remove the skirt from their face to shame them and their clothes were, and the way women wore their clothes were to show purity. And the women, when I got transported over there, play a very important image of what God was speaking about what's taking place in our nation. The next dream I had, um, I was on a plane, and while I'm on the plane, I'm aware that everybody on the plane is Christian, everybody on the plane is American. And we're flying this plane to America. And the plane, I'm aware of being flown by the 
leadership of America. This was in 2010 and Obama was president at the time, but it wasn't pointing to Obama. It wasn't saying Obama's flying this plane or the president. It was the leadership as a whole, the whole structure that makes up the leadership of America. And while we're on this plane flying, all of a sudden the le- the pilot, which is the leadership of America, comes on and says, we're not going to make it back to America. We have to make an emergency landing. And everybody on the plane begins to protest. No, do not land the plane now. You cannot land the plane in this place. And the pilot comes back on and says, we are landing the plane. And when he lands, again, we're in a place that seems like a Middle Eastern landscape. It's just desert. And there is no life. It's just desolation as far as I can see when we land the plane. But as soon as we land, there are a whole multitude of people waiting with their swords on their side and they're wearing uh, Middle Eastern garments. And when we land the plane, they say, come and be our priests or you will die. And the emergency exit opens up on the plane. They take off the first passenger of the plane and they decapitate him right there outside. And after that happens, the whole plane begins to cry out and half the plane gets taken off to be martyred and killed while the other half is left on the plane crying out for God to deliver them from that situation. And then I woke up. Then when I woke up from this dream, uh, the Lord actually led me to read the book of Daniel. And it was at the part where Nebuchadnezzar's son Belshazzar is actually drinking from the cup of the Lord. He's drunk. And while he's drunk, he sees a, a hand right on the wall. And the writing on the wall says, your kingdom will fall tonight. And so while he was drunk, there was actually an army sneaking under the gate of his kingdom. They had snuck in through the waterway and actually cut the water off to the side so that they could get in under the wall. And so an entire army enters the kingdom and they kill the king. And overnight, the kingdom transitions from one kingdom to the next. And after I read this, the Lord speaks to me and says, so too will this nation transition overnight from one kingdom to the next. And so the the leadership of the plane, representing the leadership of our nation, um, is desiring to go to this place of desolation. And going to this place, it's going to bring persecution to our land. And in the midst of this, the people of the nation are actually going to be drunk with the pleasures of the world. This transition is taking place, and people aren't even going to be coherent to it happening. And it's going to take place overnight. It's going to seemingly take place overnight, so it's going to happen very quickly when our nation transitions. The next room I had, it starts out in a building, and it's something like what you'd imagine in Las Vegas. Like From the outside, you would look at it and be like, wow, what is this grand structure? But when you realize what it's built with, it's absolutely disgusting. So from the outside, you could be in awe of the grandeur of what they built, but when you know what it's built with, it'll turn your stomach. And inside this building, you could take part in any desire you wanted to in the world. And it was full of every immoral desire of the world that you could take part in. And as I'm observing this building, all of a sudden a war breaks out. And again, I get taken over to the other side of the world and I'm in the desert again. And there's men marching, and I believe that they're Muslims in the dream. And as they're marching across the sand, to a specific location to take over that location, um, I know that this is a very pivotal place to take and that in taking this place, it's going to affect the whole world. And as they're marching, they're chanting. 
and the words that they're chanting are, it, so, it sounded something like Amalekim Malik. And they all have these black triangles marked on their foreheads. And if you have that mark on you, they're not going to kill you. And as I'm standing there, one of them begins to walk toward me to put that mark on me. And I get transported away. And I'm at the place where they're marching. And the place that they're marching to, it was being guarded by American soldiers. And as they're marching to this place, the American soldiers, they're fully armed. They have machine guns and all the modern technology that you would imagine an army to have. But these men that are marching across the desert seemingly have primitive weapons. They're, they're, they're marching with like pitchforks and sticks, and they look like they would have no chance in beating this army that's been built up by America. And as they're marching to this place and they get close, all of a sudden fear breaks out. And the men, the Americans, become full of fear and they turn to flee. And as they turn to flee, this army just completely obliterates them. And I wake up from the dream. The mark that was being put on the heads of people and that other army, um, what it looked like was basically three triangles stacked up on top of each other making a triangle. And so it actually kind of resembled like what you'd see on money where you have the triangle with the eye in the middle. So at the start of the dream, looking at the Las Vegas building, that was representing America. So like if you looked at America from the outside, it looked like this big, great thing, this big, great building that's been constructed, been a leading nation in the world for a very long time. But entering in, you will see that we are very immoral and corrupt in our ways and indulging in every type of pleasure. And we're continuing to create more and more ways to indulge in worldly pleasures that are causing us to become drunk and incoherent to the things that the Lord is actually calling us to do. And place, the pivotal place uh, that that army is going to conquer, that army represented the Antichrist spirit, and the, the pivotal place that they were guarding was representing America. And so this place that the enemy was trying to conquer so that it could influence other parts of the world more greatly, it knew once it took this place, it would be able to conquer other places around the world more easily. And so this was actually pointing to the fall of America and how weak we'll, we will actually look in our fall. And it says in the Bible, woe to you, Lucifer, who weakens the nations. And that's exactly what his spirit is doing right now. His spirit is swaying the hearts of the nations and it's swaying the heart of this nation. And the continued theme of being in a desert place. It's not necessarily pointing to we're being taken to the Middle East. It's pointing to being brought to a place of desolation where life does not produce and grow. So that's what the desert is representing. And the foreign people isn't necessarily representing Muslims, but that our nation is going to look like a foreign place to us very soon. As that foreign army was chanting, I knew that they were praising. And so these people believe that what they're doing is righteous and righteousness. And we'll see that even more as our nation becomes more and more wicked. They're going to call their ways good, and they're going to worship and praise the acts that they do, even though they're full of violence, lust, and wickedness. So the next recording, I'm going to be sharing a couple dreams that are depicting the, the violence that's going to take place in America as well as a couple dreams that are depicting the enemy's strategy for turning an entire generation away from the Lord.